Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me John Sansoni of Sales Warrior. John, for people that don't know you, I know we were talking a little bit beforehand. You've been in sales for 32 years. You have a podcast, a comedy podcast for the 80s. You've been through all the different types of changes because in 32 years, the whole sales process in life has changed. But tell us a little bit about your background, your story, and how you even got into sales and then how you got to the point now to where you're training people and helping people in a comedy podcast from the 80s. We got to talk about that, too. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely, Joe. Um, first and foremost, I want to tell you, you know, thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, I try to be inspirational with my customers. If I can inspire a customer, they can buy from me. And, uh, and people buy from people they like. It's so simple. And it's lost on so many people. But a short synopsis on me. 32 years ago, I moved to Dallas, Texas. I had next to no money. And in a very short period of time, I was completely broke. And so that required a, a thing called a J-O-B. And so I got super busy. Um, you know, this was over 30 years ago, so I'm talking resumes on a typewriter, mailed to people with, an, with you know, kids are going to listen to this and go, what? And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. with a stamp, and, and in some instances, hand delivering mm -hmm. my resume to corporations and just getting my name out there as much as possible. And uh, I landed my, uh, my first role selling advertising for a newspaper. And I got to be honest, hated it. But, but it created drive in me, and, uh, and I wanted to make a step in being a junior account executive for an ad agency. And so while I was selling, I just like sent resumes to all these ad agencies. So, so this is a good thing for your people to hear. Don't ever leave a job before you have a job. Right, 100%. So, so I made it a job to do my job and do my job well, but I also interviewed. And so I landed a job for an ad agency, and... Uh, it wasn't really a fit. It's what I thought I wanted. And then I get it. And I'm like disappointed. For one, I was offered very low money. And for two, I had to sell on the side just to have any kind of lifestyle that I needed in my early 20s. And so it hit me one day. I'm like, John, you're making more on the weekends than you're making at your job that you went to four years of college for. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so then they laid me off. As soon as they laid me off, I'm like, I'm going sales. I'm going hardcore sales. And I had specific vision of what I wanted. I wanted a Fortune 500 company with upward mobility. And, uh, and I wanted an opportunity to grow my income. Mm -hmm. So upward mobility, but more important, I didn't want a title. I wanted cash. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just I pursued it. But what I found the first day or the first week in training I found that the guy that hired me, great guy, good manager, uh, was able to like follow all the rules of the company and teach me all those rules. But as far as like being able to get me any kind of sales acumen, that was up to me. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and I own that. <laughs> I mean, I went out, I got uh, Zig Ziglar. 
and I, I just buried myself and bathed myself in Zig Ziglar and then Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy. And then when I finally got some money, Joe, I bought some secondhand cassettes of Tony Robbins. Yep. Yep. So, so when I say that, like, I'm an educated salesperson, it's not like I woke up one day and I'm like, I knew all these different ways to close and whatever. But, but I want to tell your people what separates me from many of the people that do what I do is that soft skills. I teach soft skills. I don't, I don't teach hardcore closes. I'll teach you a soft close that'll close more. Yep. I'll, I'll teach you how to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Um, I'll teach you how to add comedy to your sales process so people like talking to you and working with you and think of you as a friend, not just a sales guy. I mean, here's one of the best things that was ever mentioned to me, Joe. I was interviewing with this company. I'm like, what are you looking for? Which is a great question to ask when somebody's uh, interviewing you for a company. Because then, then you can like thread the needle. And the lady's like, John, to be honest, I want somebody who has friends. And when their friends are within 30 minutes of you, want to go call you up to have a beer because you're that much fun. That's the kind of guy I want to hire and I'm like, I'm that guy. And it's so important, you know, to be a person to your prospects. Most salespeople aren't, aren't right. people to their prospects. And, and they, don't, they don't have the soft skills. They don't teach the soft skills. And in some ways, soft skills are, are thought of as being like, oh, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like people want to be told how to sell by some macho dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like, Oh yeah, well, this guy told me this and I came back with that and jabbed him with this and put him in a headlock. Next thing I know I'm getting this purchase <laughs> order and, and I just bought a boat. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to be honest with you. That's not longevity in sales. No, not at all. You, you might get one or two deals that way, but I think I read, post you put on the internet talking about you get chargebacks if you start forcing people to buy and you haven't truly threaded the needle at some point that's going to fall apart mm -hmm. and, and and that's the law of uh of planting a seed you can plant a good seed that'll that'll reap a good crop but you can plant a bad seed that'll uh, that'll reap a bad crop and if you start shoving product down people's throats and, and strong arming people and being Mr. Macho salesperson or saleswoman or sales, you know, man, girl, superwoman. I don't know. At some point, it's going to come back to bite you. And, and I've seen it happen multiple times, multiple firms. Yeah. When it's funny you said that because I teach what you would say are soft skills. I call it relationship sales or connecting with your customer or yeah. taking them down the customer journey. And I've been in sales for a long time and I've seen those with the, with the alpha. I'm going to just beat people in or just pound them down and they're flashing the pan. And then once you learn what we're talking about here and like I love Brian Tracy, I love Zig Ziglar, some of the old what I call now old school salespeople. Um, right. Where. It's all about who can you help? How can you help them? Flipping it from being sales is icky to making it to where sales is just problem solving. And if I help you with your problem, I'll make money. If I can't help you, I'm referring you to my friend. And guess what? You'll tell other people about me because I've taken care of you. And I love that you said that. 
So how did you, was it just when you were starting out, was it because of the influences of Ziegler and Tracy and all that made you get into more of the relationship sales side? Or was it just you didn't want to deal with the high pressure, high tactic bull crap? And I don't like high pressure sales at all. How did you learn to, to adapt that way? Or was that just something natural that you had? Well, okay, great question. So I worked for a Fortune 500 company, one of my first big sales gigs, selling industrial chemicals. So first and foremost, the one thing you want to know, Joe, about industrial chemicals is my industrial chemicals that I sell aren't much different than 12 other companies' industrial chemicals. So what's the difference between what I'm selling you and, and what they're selling you? Primarily me. Yep. And, and I'm selling you 90% to 95% of what you're getting from me is water. So, so again, I have to di differentiate myself in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And so early on, when I was cultivating my, uh, my list of customers, I just made a relationship with my customers. I, uh, and, and this was before there was any good CRM packages. So I was working with like a DOS computer. Mm -hmm. And then I worked with like a, a mid-range mainframe type of computer, all like green screen. And I had like one line that I could put anything personable about the client. Mm -hmm. And then if that changed, I had to change it. Yep. So you know, they like their dog, they like to hunt, um, they like to vacation in Hawaii, they have six kids, all that had to go on a line that maybe held 50 characters. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. It, it, it's connection. And I think now in today's day and age, because of the internet and all the different technology, connection and relationship matters so much more. Because as a sales professional, maybe you can't go as wide, but you can go deep with your customers. And if you get customers that love and are raving fans about you, you're going to have referrals all day. And that's how I built my business. I, it sounds like that's kind of how you built yours. You take care of the customer and then they will refer someone to you. And then now you're in a warm market. So a lot of times, and a lot of people that listen to this show are first-time sales professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners. Talk to them a little bit. Talk to them a little bit about how you built your network. So I think that would be something key. You've been in sales for 32 years. You definitely have to know how to build a network. Yeah, work smart, not hard. And listen, it's so, so important to listen. Like when I was in IT sales, I started with this company, software company, selling mid-range software. Um, some guys might know AS400 software and uh, big competitors in, uh, in my space. But, but I had to make a living. I had to make it rock and roll. And so, uh, so I'm talking to this guy. He's out in California, works for a company called Technicolor. And, uh, and he tells me, that uh, all six of the IT guys that were at Technicolor, except for him, just left to work for different companies. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like most people might just slide right by that fact that that guy just threw at me. Not me. I got out a yellow pad of paper and I'm like, let's call him Bob. I'm like, Bob, tell me, where did they go? And he told me. And uh, I'm not completely familiar. Where's that at? And he told me. Mm -hmm. And he gave me their name, first name, last name. So now I have six users. Yep. I would call them patrons of this software that I called up and each one of them bought. Mm -hmm. And it was threading the needle. Like, did I work hard? No, I worked smart. Yeah. 
Well, and it, a lot of it comes down to connecting and then just asking. I think a lot of times first-time salespeople, and we talked about corporate, and I know you probably agree with this. Going through a corporate training is really not good sales training at all normally. No fester corporations, they just have their little rules and this little script and this little thing. So you mentioned like leveling up in Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar and all. What um, have you just... Are you still in a state of continuous learning still? Absolutely, or are you to the man. point? Who, who are you? Are you still just staying with Tracy and Ziegler? Have you moved on to anyone else with your no, training? No, you know, so uh, I've branched out over the years. Um, not that I can't get pepped up by Zig Ziegler yeah. or, or any of those greats. I mean, great information to have. Um, but, uh, but I look outside of just the sales community for inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've personally read over 100 biographies by famous people, and I've garnered extremely good uh, understanding of how they met their success and their people skills and golden nuggets throughout those 100-some-odd biographies that I've read. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just expanded my brain of what's possible. Yeah. And, and then, two, because I've gotten to, you know, read about all these real life struggles and, and victories that have gone on. It gives me so much uh, whiz, wisdom. And, uh, and then two, um, what do you call, you know, uh, it's the end of the work day, but, but I'm trying to think of it like not just wisdom, but almost intuitiveness. Like I see a situation even in my own family and I think, oh, you know what? That's like such and such and so-and-so. And, and it helps me to relate to things that are going on around me, good, bad, or indifferent, in, in a more educated, uh, emotionally educated as well manner, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm able to handle more stress and, you know, be more at ease. Yeah. But I think you, you mentioned some very interesting things there. You read about successful people and success leads clues. And there's different things that leaders in different industries or whatever, or just successful people do each and every day. Um, do you have like a morning routine? I know a lot of people talk about it. Like I'm not a big morning routine guy, but I have systems and processes in place that help me get to where I want to be for the day. Are you more of a morning routine type of person or how do you set up your day to be successful? Man, state management. So one, I take my uh, I take my temperature where I feel like I'm at, mm-hmm. and and then I rise to the level that I need to be. You know, similar to like people that go and watch professional basketball players. You know, do the layups, do the free throws, get ready for that game. You know, that's the downtime before they're thrown on the court and have to perform. I feel the same way. I mean, uh, I used to do it back when I was cold calling in the software business and in the industrial chemical business. I'd make a cold call, like three or four of them while I was drinking my coffee, but they weren't real cold calls. I didn't even dial my phone. I would just practice my script and warm up like a singer would. And then I'd always buy for myself. Sometimes I might throw a little objection in there to make it more real, Mm -hmm. but I'd always buy for myself. And man, those endorphins that get pumping are the same exact endorphins that get pumping in the reality. Like your subconscious can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. Like your subconscious, if you get into visualization, your subconscious can't tell the difference. Yeah, no, that's true. Like I, thinking back now doing that, when you think about something or you visualize it, 
you're right. Subconscious, it doesn't, it doesn't affect it at all. Like it just, it, it feels what you're feeling and it goes with it. That's actually a really good trick to do or trait to do for when someone's first starting out, because I know I would just grab a list of people I wasn't as comfortable or I didn't think was going to. And like, if I mess them up, I mess them up. I want to get my mouth going. You know, I'm going to get talking when I do things, but doing it with yourself is the same type of thing. And then you're not maybe full calling or messing up on a potential prospect. So that, I love that. That's a good, that's a good yeah, start. I return sure. phone calls. Like if somebody calls me, mm-hmm. even if I could have an admin return the phone call or if I could send them an email, if it's early in the morning and I just want to warm up, I want to get my vocals going. Yep. You know, which brings up a good point, Joe, that, uh, that I want to teach and mention to your folks today. Most salespeople are monotone. Mm-hmm. And, and are uninterested. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to break everybody's bubble out there, but I can walk on, and, and nothing against car guys, but I can walk on to a car lot today. I can walk on to a, uh, a, a showroom floor to buy furniture. I can walk into so many of these situations where there's salespeople right there to, to come at me. Mm-hmm. And most of them, one, won't generate any rapport with me. Yeah. Uh, and two, won't won't uh, won't vary their voice like there's so much like like when i was selling software particularly software you got to make it scary you got to make it sound like if you don't buy the software something bad might happen mm-hmm. and and i'm saying that facetiously however something bad can happen yeah. if you didn't buy my software because my software was data security monitoring software and so companies have been shut down and sued and the list goes on and on what bad things can happen to a company that doesn't protect their computer network. Yep. So, so I'm not just saying it blindly, like something bad can happen. Something really bad can happen. Mm-hmm. And, and people buy based upon emotion. Yes, I don't 100%. care what you're selling. Uh, you got to tie it to emotion. And there's only two emotions people buy. Fear of gain. I'm sorry, opportunity to gain, which is an emotion. People like to buy stuff and get stuff. It's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. happy. I just bought something. I got a new car. I got new jeans, whatever. And what's more ability to get somebody to pull the trigger, particularly for a high dollar item, fear of loss. loss. Yep, 100%. Yeah. I mean, when I was in technology, I would say to guys, hey, Bob, I understand as you're looking at the proposal, you know, it's not a small amount of money investment we're talking about you and your company doing, but let's say we don't do it. You know, obviously you're going to say, you're not going to spend any of this money, but let's say your computer network goes down. What's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the first hour, not so bad. What about 10 hours into it? Like what is going to be like, how are you going to get the computer network back up? You're not even going to know how it went down. How are you going to get it back up? And, and more importantly in this proposal, I also put in some network uh, monitoring training. So you might just see that as that's an added cost. What I'm doing is giving you the opportunity to better your career because mm-hmm. you can go one to the next company that you go to and you can tell them that, hey, I implemented this network monitoring solution and I was professionally trained to do it. Mm-hmm. And I can do that for you too. Boom. Yep. I love it. Uh, and I liked what you did there. So you went and you presented the issue or the thing that could happen to them but then not only do you fix that problem you gave them more value on top of it and i think a lot of sales professionals miss that 
but I don't want to skip this part. You're talking about tonality and energy and how you change your voice and what you do to get people to engage with you. And I've trained and seen so many salespeople and they'll get their script. and like, my name is Joe. Do you want to buy my stuff? Instead of being like, hey, John, you know, it's nice to meet you today. I'm with this company. And then pop, 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 you know, that human element. And I know I harp on this on this on every show, but it's so true. If you can connect with your customers, get them to like you and give them a proper value, sales is a made up number. You'll make more money. They'll pay more to work with someone they like, trust and believe in than someone that maybe they have a better price, but they're not connected. And I'll take it a step further, Joe. How you uh, respond uh, in salutation to somebody when you're in a sales process is is how they feel that you respond is uh, they're gonna they're gonna determine based upon how you talk to them what kind of tonality you use of how successful you are. Mm-hmm. People relate the way you speak the same way the tonality that you use very similar to when you shake somebody's hand for the first time like like you and I are in a bar in North Dallas and I'm like hey Joe John throw my hand out you throw your hand out you got a you know you got a strong handshake I got a strong handshake we're trying to crush each other's hands yep. <laughs> the whole time we're thinking that guy's going to be a millionaire mm-hmm. well and it's funny you said that cuz I used to sell oil and gas investments and I used to talk to the top 5% and how I got them to invest was pretty much telling them that they were an idiot for not like just talking super straight to them and just being direct. And I've taken that over to my other sales career where I'm not like doing it to where I'm treating them like that was just a unique sale. You had to do it that way. Um, but like I'll call up CEOs and talk to them like we're talking now. And they're like, this is nice because most of the time business owners, CEOs, CFOs have people kiss their butt. Like they're like, oh, this is CEO. I got to talk to them a certain way. But if we just talk like we are right now, John, just a relationship and a regular talk, that's half the battle. And it puts it to where now I'm on the same level as them with the business idea. I'm not a salesman selling you. This is my business helping you. And I think when you mentioned that, that just popped in my head, that whole dynamic of how you present yourself, your energy, your body language, how you respond to them. Like I always try to make my customers feel like they're family. So like when they sign a contract in my email back to my like, welcome to the family. Or welcome nice. to whatever company I'm working with. Welcome to the blah, blah, blah family. Or welcome to the 150K podcast family. Because family is forever. And it's like, you know, more of you can't get rid of your family. I'm telling you, hey, we're here for life now. You can't get rid of me. I like it. That's good because you're also creating a word picture. Mm-hmm. And, and in sales, the best thing you can do is create a word picture. Most salespeople won't bother to do it. And, and if you try to like teach them to do it, they don't get it. Like, like you could communicate so fast when you have a word picture mm-hmm. versus when you don't have a word picture. Because when you don't have a word picture, they're like, yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But when you have a word picture, like I'll give you a word picture for me, Joe, because I got a lot of experience being on podcasts and being interviewed. Mm-hmm. I want your people to think of me as uh, 50% Steve Jobs and 50% John Lennon. Nice. And now your people know exactly what I'm like. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to give people a chance, but I'm going to make you pay for it. And it's going to be uh, on my platform. Yeah. Yeah. Word pictures. Like, I always joke about this. Like, back in the day, like, say, five, six thousand years ago or 500 years ago, 
I would have been the old dude around the campfire telling stories because that's what people did. They would sit around, they would right. tell stories. That's what salespeople are. We're painting a picture for you for a desired outcome that you want. We're just trying to guide you down our path. And as long as you're moral, ethical, and you have your customer's heart in mind, you're good. And that would distinguish you well more than anyone else. Um, yeah, no, I love this stuff. Bingo. And, and get the client to picture owning it yep. before they spent $1. Let them feel the feeling of ownership before they spend $1 and you shorten your sales cycle. Yep. Well, and if you do it right, the close is done in the presentation, in the interaction with the customer. It's not at the end where you have to do the, well, if you buy today, I can get you this. No, it's, I've given you what you wanted. I've brought you the value. I've done all this. This is the price. Does this work for you? It's simple, but you've already done the close in the beginning. And I think too many people watch the gurus who have this quick pressure tactic and the thing that they don't remember when you mentioned that post is yeah you might get them to buy at the moment because you scared them or pressured them but that buyer's remorse is going to hit them and if you don't have a connection to hold on to them and guide them through the process you might be signing them up but you're getting chargeback after chargeback after chargeback because they're not feeling seen heard and safe exactly i wholeheartedly agree Hey, I want to touch on a couple of things if I could that I think will help your audience that, that, that do sales. So, so one thing that'll differentiate you in the marketplace is a pad of paper or some kind of device where you can take good notes. So the main thing is not so much that you're, uh, you want to take good notes. Some people have great memories. The key is though, when the prospect knows that you're taking notes, you're communicating to them that you care about yep. what they're saying and you care about it so much you're taking notes. It's not just enough to take notes. Then you have to check in with them and let them know, okay, Bob, you told me that you're looking for this, this, and this. Did I get this right? Yep. And, and, and you even say that. Show a little bit of vulnerability. Did I get this right, Bob? <laughs> and he's like, actually, John, you got it mostly right. This one thing, though, I want this too. And uh, salespeople never listen to me. I, I can go right now to Nebraska Furniture Mart or a car dealership all across Dallas, Texas, and sit in front of a salesperson and try to get somebody to listen exactly what I want. Mm -hmm. And I will struggle with having the ability, one, for somebody to have a pad of paper, what I want exactly. Yeah. But what they don't understand is they can sell a lot of things a lot quicker if they show they care. And that's mm -hmm. the key. Do you care? People care. If you show that you care, people will buy from you. Yep. If you don't show you, you're going to be a price shopped. So if they just see you as a commodity, you're not really adding any value to the relationship. You're going to be price shopped your entire life in sales and you're going to make a horrible living. Yeah. I very rarely discount anything I sell because one, I know how to show ROI mm -hmm. and, and that's through years of selling, but, but I'm very slow to back off my price because if I'm providing value, my price is irrelevant. If mm -hmm. I'm solving your problem, my price is irrelevant. Yep. hundred percent. 
And I think what's happened is, especially in this day and age, everything's become so transactional because of the internet and stuff. So when you're able to do this, you distinguish yourself so differently from anyone else. I've had people multiple times pay more to work with me because, again, I solved their problem. I built the value. I helped them out. And this is the key. And then you don't have to do what they call top-down selling. You can just say, hey, you know what, John? This is the price. This is my business. This is the discounts I can get you. This is what we're doing. This is what you want. And then it's just so much easier instead of starting out here and then going and talk to the manager. You ever try to go talk to the manager trick with me? Like when I go into the car, so it's like, cool, bring the manager in. We're done talking. If anyone ever goes and says, I have to talk to the manager, like, go bring the manager. If you can't do this, I'm going to. They, I think salespeople hate me when I talk to them. my wife will roll her eyes sometimes and laugh because she knows if we're going to go get some sales done, I'm going to go do it. She's going to stay at home because I'll drive her nuts because they're trying to do their little tricks, but they're not listening. If they would just listen, like we've said this 18 times already prior on this podcast, but if you would just listen to your customers and give them what Thank they you. want, you win. Well, and, and I do want to say, like, I got a lot of respect for guys that sells cars and, you know, mm -hmm. total commission sells and everything. You got my utmost respect, but, but, but in the same respect, I mean, listen to people and differentiate yourself in the marketplace because it's not just cars, it's furniture, everything that can be sold can be bought anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, so what, so people will buy from people they like and companies they trust. You got to get them to like you. And then you got to, tie their likeness of you to trust in the company that you work for. And you got to prove that you and the company are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. yep. you know that, yeah. And that, that's just the biggest thing. Like in my sales consultant, in my training with working with entrepreneurs that are creatives and they're not salespeople. And they're like, Oh, I don't know if I can charge that. It's just getting them past the fear of rejection and getting them to the point where they're like, Hey, you're serving your customer. You're helping your customer. Once I get them there, it's great. Cause then they can move forward and present it because now they feel good about it. So there you let's, go, yeah. let's talk a little bit. Cause you do have a podcast as well. So I want to hear a little bit more about that, but I always do this in the middle. Tell people where they can find you, your website, you have a book where tell us a little bit about where we can find you. And then we'll move on to like the podcast and some of that stuff. Well, so this book behind me, it's called uh, Sales Warrior, and uh, I teach soft skills of selling, and it's on Amazon, ultra inexpensive, and, uh, and then I have a, uh, a course on Teachable. It's called Sales Warrior Module One. It's a three-day boot camp. It's my very best ideas uh, broken into three days in one-hour action blocks, so people can take it as needed. Um, there's workbook sheets that they can walk away from. There's videos and audio of me and people interviewing me and other professional salespeople. And, uh, and it's impactful and, uh, and it's going to last. So once you buy it, you can uh, use it your entire sales career. I'm not going to do sales for your module two. I'm just not that ambitious, but, uh, but it's only 200 bucks. It's worth a thousand. And uh, they can get it on my website, saleswarriorinspire.com. They can connect with me at LinkedIn at John J-O-N, saleswarrior. Um, they can get me on my uh, Facebook group, Sales Warrior Inspire. And uh, my international comedy podcast, you bring that up, Joe. Thank you. I love that. Like, I love different things. And send me that. I so love comedy, my friend. I love comedy. Yeah. And what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes for you a link to your different stuff so people can find that easy. We'll make it simple Beautiful. for you. Um, but yeah, so how did you go? And I mean, 
as a salesperson, you have to be funny sometimes or engaging. So I make that makes Thank sense. You. But 80s, you said a sales comedy from the 80s. So what what is that? Explain that. Well, so me. I graduated high school in 85. Mm-hmm. And so I think Motley Crue came out in 81. So like when you think about the 80s, I completely lived the 80s. Yeah. And uh, and people have a lot of nostalgia for the 80s. And, and I'm a sales guy at heart. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to monetize that mm-hmm. people are nostalgic about the 80s. Well, by God, let's uh, let's get them some uh, entertaining information about the 80s. Kids that were born in the 80s, uh, teenagers that grew up in the 80s like me. Um, and then two, schools out is the name of my podcast. Schools out 80s comedy story time. Mm-hmm. So so you go to a party and you meet somebody for the very first time. And you just get to talking and you find out maybe that you guys went to the same college to, or, or maybe you're from like, you're from Michigan, right, Joe? Yep. Originally live in Texas okay. now, but so, from Michigan. So what you find out is that this person you're talking to that you don't know from Adam, they grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. In fact, they grew up an hour from you. Yep. You got immediate rapport with them, which is really important in sales. But, um, but what I'm trying to drive home about my podcast is that, I wanted a big audience and people love telling stories about from school, mm-hmm. you know, like I went drinking, I did this, I was in youth camp, this funny thing happened, that funny thing happened. Then I went to college and then that funny thing happened. Then I took my first job and that funny thing. So, so lots of these stories happen in school. So that's why school's out and mm-hmm. school's out too, because it's an Alice Cooper song. So I thought I'd get yeah. a lot of hits just based upon school's out. And then 80s, the nostalgia of the 80s, comedy, because I like being funny and I feel like I can have a huge audience with comedy. Not that I can't have a huge audience with professional sales, but I feel like I got more to offer the world than just talking about professional selling. Yeah. No, no. I love that. Is that like on YouTube or where where can they find the podcast? They can find it out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's uh, my... uh, my channel is John J O N Sales Warrior on YouTube. You can also like Google on YouTube "Schools Out '80s Comedy Story Time." Mm-hmm. I'll pop up. I got a black cowboy hat on. Nice. Um, the uh, yeah, that's that's how they would found, that's how they would find my uh, podcast, and then I use it as a vehicle to advertise other people's businesses, Joe, mm-hmm. and my business. No, it makes sense because you want to have a hook. You want to have something that's going to draw people in. But let's do this because I like this. So since you are a child of the 80s, and this just piques my interest, what's your favorite 80s movie? 80s movie, great question. Man, there were so many good movies in the 80s as well as in the 70s. Um, Let me think this through a little bit. Well, while you're thinking, mine was Goonies. Um, What's that? Oh, I said, while you're thinking of it, mine was Goonies. Because I was oh, a Goonies, 80s, okay. So yeah, yeah, Goonies yeah. was like my big thing. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So let me. Uh, I'm trying. Like, I don't want to name a movie that came out in the late '70s because there are a lot of good movies that came out in the late '70s. I mean, Top Gun was a good movie. Yep. I mean, that, that really solidified a relationship that I had with a girl at the time mm-hmm. uh, because her parents had it on video, and so anytime we had a date. It was immediately romantic because yep. we put in Top Gun 
we've been out and about with our friends. It was time yeah. to kind of settle down. Hey, John, come on in or whatever. I was like, man, that's awesome. That music and Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, well, and it's funny you said that because people now don't have the what you had to deal with because in the 80s you didn't have as many movies like like you'd have a disc player or vhs so we would play movies over and over again it's not like now we can have netflix or any of that type of stuff so i, mean, I was just thinking about that nostalgia of it yeah you know you watch the same I probably movie saw 20, Joe 30 times, times. Yeah. easy yeah like animal house i've seen over 100 times we, we, we had contests when i was in so it must have come out in 78 or 79 but we had contests when i was a kid in high school mm-hmm. This is a good like schools out 80s comedy story time deal to say, but we would sit around in somebody's basement and I'm not condoning uh, youth drinking. You should not drink unless you're 21 years of age. But when I was in uh, high school, apparently we were drinking and uh, and as they were passing her and, and we would sit there and you'd have a line on Animal House. Animal House would be on the tube TV. Mm-hmm. We'd be in somebody's basement. And John Belushi was getting ready to say something. And the guy there in this lot had to say it. If he didn't say it right, he had to drink. Yep. Went to the next <laughs> guy. If he didn't say it right, he, he had, had to drink. drink. It was a yep. drinking game, apparently. Yep. <laughs> he could have been drinking iced tea, soda pop. I don't know. I didn't look in their glass. That's not my job. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. What other um, words of wisdom or stuff have we not touched that you'd want to leave my oh no you know that's uh that's fine i mean ask me about i know you started to ask me about like you know how i got into sales and and what my background but but i gotta let people know like i had a huge struggle getting to where i am today and what i mean by that like it's kind of funny when you hear about it but this is years later but i was born without the ability to walk Oh, couldn't, couldn't walk. Uh, for years, I couldn't talk. Um, and, you know, it, it, it took a lot of time to uh, develop enough to be able to, uh, to walk and talk. Actually, it's a joke. Okay, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, you just did something there. You did something. If you're watching this, because this will come on video as well. He took you to back to a place. He made he got me with it too. He made me picture him not being able to walk or talk. And now he is uh, you know, 35 years or 32 years in sales, comedy got all that different stuff. And I fell for it. So I, you got me. You got me. So, <laughs> so here's the thing: all these people that are like professional coaches and things that are online, mm-hmm. they're like, I was a drug addict, I was this, I was a that, blah, 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 blah. One of my kids was complaining about something the other day. Like my kids are similar in age to yours. I got an 18 year old and a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, oh, I was slow to talk, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so I looked at him, I go, you know what, son, I was born without the ability to walk. I couldn't talk. And in fact, my incontinence was so bad, they had me in diapers. In fact, my parents couldn't take care of me. And so every day they took me in a car and left me off at somebody's house with other people that couldn't take care of themselves until they got off work. Every single day, I was that incompetent. I couldn't feed myself. They used to feed me with a spoon. When they weren't feeding me with a spoon, they fed me with a bottle. Yep. It was years before I was able to walk and talk. Look at me now. You can't base 
what you're like then on what you can be. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, again, you I love analogies. And I like, I was picturing you as a baby at that point. He's a baby getting taken to daycare, but the way you termed it made it to where you could tug on someone's heartstrings and get them to be like, oh, he could. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. We all the whole time you're thinking, wait, wait, he was a baby. Of course he couldn't walk and talk. Yeah. And he, of course he couldn't change himself. his diaper. Yeah. Yeah. And he had incontinence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the thing people don't realize is, is that stories can move you. And that right there is a perfect thing. So going back to you picturing, doing the pictures for sales stuff, guiding yeah. them along it and connecting and relating, like that was just a perfect example to bring it back full circle. And get stories, man. Get stories that are impactful. If you have a success with a customer or a client, you got to share that. Don't name any names. That that That's not right. bueno. But you get so good at telling that story and you make that story so emotional that that client wants to do business with you. Yep. And, and do the takeaway close. Bob, if you do nothing today, I'm okay. And, and two, like salespeople need to hear this. They're going to hate hearing this. But I'll tell you, this has made me more money than anything else. And it's the takeaway close. Don't shove it down their throat. Take it away. Yep. Make them think you're super successful, which will be if you listen to what I'm saying. Take it away from them. Make them beg you for what you're selling to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let them know whether you do business with me or not is not going to change my life. If somebody puts me in a corner and they say, John, I know you want this really bad. I take that away from them immediately. I'm like, Bob, I got to be honest with you. I appreciate you saying that. But I mean, I'm completely debt free. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my kid's college is paid for because of me. And uh, I don't have a lot of bills. I really don't even need to work. I enjoy working. I enjoy doing this. I really think this is important for you to do. But I definitely don't want you to do this for me. It's not for me. It's for you. Yep. I mean, if you don't want to do this, I got three other meetings today. I got other people that want to do this. I'm okay with it. And if you want to do it three months from now, I'm still going to be here doing what I do. I don't, the last thing I want you to do is feel like you're pressured to do business with me. Mm -hmm. And you know what he says to me, Joe? I'll do it. Where do I sign? Yep. yep. I use that a ton in oil and gas. Like it would be like the whole pride thing. You know, if you don't want to invest hundred thousand, that's cool. I got some other people that are willing to do it. Let me know. And then like, I would shut up and literally they'd be like, what do you mean I can't invest a hundred thousand? Because if take you take away clothes, yeah, if you take it away from them, say, you know, it maybe it's for you, maybe it's not, it, it gets them in the position of actually having to make a decision instead of, hey, John, would you please buy this? If you do this, I give you this discount and that discount, this discount. And then they're thinking, well, what was the real price to begin with? So no, I no, just no, want no. to recap what you just said. No, there. no, you, salespeople need to hear this, and, and I hope they tune into this. So, so you need to be busy. Your calendar needs to be full. Yep. And if your calendar is not full, it's just because it's not full yet. Mm -hmm. And you need to always make them think that you're in total demand. Even if you only have one appointment that week, when they talk to you, you're busy. I have Monday at nine o'clock available, yep. or it looks like I could slide you in at Wednesday at one, which would be better for you. Yep. 100%. And if not that week, push them to the next week. Mm -hmm. Be more focused on what you can do in a quarter versus a month and you'll sell more stuff. Always 
make the client believe and feel that you're busy and you will be, it'll manifest itself. I'm so busy now. I got two admins, mm-hmm. but you got to like, you got to leave with that before yeah. I was this busy. I was that busy in my mind. Yeah. Well, because you want to put in their head that you're busy, you're important to you. You have stuff going on because once you establish that credibility, now you're at the same playing level. And then when you say, Hey, you know what, John, if you don't want to do this, that's cool. I can reach you, reach back out to you, but it won't be till next week. Again, you're doing that takeaway. You're just doing the little things that are taking them down the path to where they have to make a decision because people need to be guided in the sales process. That's all you're doing. You're guiding them along the path. You're helping them. You're serving your customers. But sometimes people need a little push, but it doesn't have to be the, if you don't do this or the super pressure close, it's just, hey, I'm your friend, John. If you want to do this, I got you. If you want to do this in two months, I got you. But if you want to do it this week, it has to be on Tuesday because that's the only spot I have open this week. And then you get that exact time. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and the more you learn about sales, so you got leaders and you got followers. And, and leaders hate to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And followers hate to make decisions. Yep. And, and you got to know the difference. And sometimes you're going to know the difference just based upon like what they did for, you know, what they did for a living. So it's so important, especially if you're selling to individuals, are are you dealing with somebody that was like CEO or CFO of a company, had people working for him, always telling other people what to do? They're probably a leader. Yep. Yep. Are you working for somebody that's like a, uh, an accountant or a chemist that somebody else was giving them stuff to do all the time and they did it and they did a great job, maybe a computer programmer, network administrator. Maybe they didn't have a lot of people that worked for them, but they worked on these big, grandiose projects, and, and that's where they got their self-esteem from, and that's what you know the, how they got paid. Um, they're going to be more like a follower, and, and then two, and, and this might be a little advanced, but, but when you start understanding demographics, mm-hmm. you start understanding the difference between like a baby boomer and, an, and a generation Xer like yep. myself. Baby boomers are more collaborative. Mm-hmm. Generation Xers like myself, and I think you too. Joe, I'm a Gen X. Yeah. Okay. We're more independent. Yeah, 100%. And, and we're not very brand loyal. No. Like one day I owned a Honda. One day I owned a, uh, an Isuzu. One day I owned a Nissan. Today I own a Kia. Yep. Why do I own a Kia? Well, one, there weren't that many cars to buy from. Two, I'm not going to spend $100,000 on a vehicle. And mm-hmm. three, if it gets any kind of like maintenance that needs to be done, I'm three miles from the dealership. Yep. Like, buy, and trust. Right there it is again. Awesome. John, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate you being here. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're here. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, and for all of you listening, Share this episode if you're in first-time sales or you've been in sales 30 years. There's a bunch of tips we dropped here. Um, thank you all again for listening. Have an awesome day. This is Joe Hey, Joe, can I share my motto? Yeah, share your people. motto. Go ahead. Okay, all right. So here's my motto for living. Um, life is short. And if you don't believe me, talk to a terminally ill person. And life is for living. So please, people, take advantage of every day, every minute, every hour that you're on this earth and have the best time you can. Love it. Love it. And with that, have an awesome week, an awesome day. And until next time, 
be legendary. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.